Beautiful words. I have seen the face of God. I have heard the voice of God. And I have felt the hands of God. Thank you, choir. And also, it was really good to see the full praise team to come. I felt that the fullness of God and the fullness of presence. Uh, thank you all for that. Today's passage is a very, very difficult passage. It's not about logically understanding what he's saying, but it's difficult to understand the reality of what this passage is talking about, the, what the reality we are living, what message is there, and what was Paul going through in his mind when he wrote this passage about veil, the glory, uh, Jesus Christ, and all this very heavy concept. And to, with you today, I'd like to talk about the glory of God. I mean, that itself is very heavy. What does that mean in a practical term or real terms? In our reality, what does that mean? We all need the glory of God. The question is, what is the glory of God. We hear it all the time. We use it quite often. And yet, it is really hard to put it into words or define it. If somebody tell, ask me, it's hard to explain what it is. It is one of those words that we experience all the time and yet hard to say exactly what it is. It's like beauty or love and so on. I mean, we know, we know what beauty is and we know what beauty is not, what non-beauty is. We know what love is and we know what love is not. But it's hard to really say in few words to say that this is love, this is beauty, and in the same way, this is the glory of God. It is hard to say that. Maybe it, it is uh, the kind of reality that is too big to describe it in a few words. Maybe so big that it's hard to describe it with our words. The psalmist said, the heavens are telling the glory of God. And the firmament uh, proclaims his handiwork. From this poetic imagination of the psalmist, I get a glimpse of what the glory of God is. Manifestation of God. That is the glory of God. Manifestation of God. That is the glory of God. When the invisible God manifests himself, we see the glory of God. Heavens are telling the glory of God. Heavens manifest the presence of God. Beautiful nature manifests 
the glory of God. And in the, in the Old Testament, there was a, a word, Shekinah. And this Shekinah is a me, meaning uh, presence of God. And they often talks about Shekinah, cloud of Shekinah, cloud of Shekinah. That means through the cloud, God manifested himself. When it comes to New Testament, Jesus, the incarnate, the word incarnate, Jesus Christ manifested God. That is the glory of God. This is what John said. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory. The glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. Jesus also told, uh, taught us, two or three gathered in my name, I'll be in the midst of it. In other words, Shekinah will be there. In Jew Jewish people used to say, 10 people gathered together, Shekinah will be there. And Jesus said, two or three uh, gathered together in my name, Shekinah will be there. I'll be there. The glory of God will be there. So when we pray, when we praise God's glory, will be there. And sometimes we experience that during praise time. When we, we hear the beautiful songs like uh, choir sing, or when we do the uh, inspiring the praise time, we feel the glory of God. The glory of God is manifestation of God's presence. When you feel strongly the presence of God, you see the glory of God. It can happen during your prayer, during worship, and sometimes during Bible studies. We all are awed by the presence of the truth. And in that awe,ness we see the glory of God. Or it can happen when you see the beautiful sunset, you see the glory of God. Once I uh, took uh, our YP a long time ago, uh, that was when uh, Wayne was a YP, so that was a long time ago. <laughs> we went to uh, Algonquin, and we walked and walked and walked, and we came, and then it's a, it's a forest, it's dark, it's a pitch dark. You cannot even see a person right in front of you. So we just been careful, and we, but there was an opening. We went through the opening, and then all of a sudden, all the stars were there. And then for 30 minutes, 30 minutes, nobody talked anything. Nobody said anything. We were just awed, all of us. So we were lying down, just enjoy uh, that beauty of God's creation. And that we, we saw the glory of God. Sometimes when you're in the hospital, you see the glory of God. And some people on their deathbed, they see the glory of God. They strongly feel the presence of God as they breathe their last breath. It is not necessarily a miraculous and supernatural phenomenon 
It is a moment of sensing God's presence in your life. The glorious moment. Moses saw the glory of God when he received Ten Commandments and at Mount Sinai. His face was shining as he was coming down. There was a glow on his face. Once I had a prayer uh, in, a, in a sanctuary and then I prayed. It's a, it was when we were back at Victoria Royce. And I don't know whether you know Jack, John Pack at that time. And he, he said, Mosanim, I see your face shining. <laughs> right after prayer. I think he saw some imagination. <laughs> Unfortunately, Moses put a veil on his face because he knew that the gl that glow was only temporary. And he didn't want his people to think that God's glory was there just for a while and faded away. He didn't want them to think that. So he covered his face with veil. And Paul is using, Paul was using that as a metaphor. Moses covered the glory of God and that veil is still on your minds, Paul is saying. That's why you cannot see the glory of God. You cannot see the glory of God because there is a veil covering your mind. That was his own personal experience. Paul himself knew Ten Commandments very well. But all his life, he could not see the glory of God because his minds were veiled, he realized. Even though he knew the law so well, he thought he knew about Judaism, about God and everything so well, but he could not see the glory of God because his mind was covered with veil. It is one thing to know about Christianity. It is another thing to see the glory of God. Do you remember how Paul was converted? This is how Luke recorded Paul's conversion. Saul got up from the ground, and though his eyes were open, he could see nothing. This was right after he met Christ. Even though he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. That was a condition. He realized that was his condition. He was a blind. He had eyes to see, but he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. For three days he was without sight and neither ate nor drank. So the spirit called Ananias, go and visit Paul, help him. So Ananias went and entered the house. He laid his hands on Saul and said, Brother Saul, 
The Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on your way here, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and his sight was restored. Something like scales fell from his eyes and he was able to see. His sight was restored. That was what he experienced. Through his personal experience, he knew about Exodus very well. He knew Pentateuch, very Torah, very well. He knew about Moses' story very well. And then through his own personal experience, he reinterpreted what was going on in Exodus. It was, his experience was almost like his veil was removed. And now he could see. He was able to see the glory of God. Seeing the glory of God is the work of the Spirit. He realized, not the law. Just because you know the law. Not just because... Uh, just because you know about Christianity very well, that doesn't mean that we see the glory of God. That's why St. Paul said, for the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. Letter kills. The letter is the law written on stone tablets. Letter kills, but the spirit gives life. Also, he said, now if the ministry of death chiseled in letters on stone tablets came in glory so that the people of Israel could not gaze at Moses' face because of the glory of his face, a glory now set aside, how much more will the ministry of the Spirit come in glory? My friends, having knowledge is not enough. Knowing the law is not enough. It can be a veil to cover our minds so that we cannot see the glory of God. Being a good person is not just about being a Christian. Being a Christian is not just being a good person. Being a good person is not enough. Your righteousness can be a veil to cover your mind so that you cannot see the glory of God. Having power is not enough because it can be a veil to cover our minds so that we cannot see the glory of God. Our upbringing, our experiences, our education, and our environment shaped us who, to be who we are. I mean, all these things helped us to see, the, to make sense of the reality that we live. So it is really good. But at the same time, our uh, education, upbringing, experience, all these things can be limitation. We, they can be a chain that binds us or enslaves us. Or there can be a veil that blinds our eyes. This week was a gloomy week from Tuesday. It was hurting to see one country invading 
another country just like that. I thought that this could never happen in this world, in this big scale. The war of greed, the war of intimidation, and the war of domination should not be allowed. And yet, I saw it happening with my own eyes. It brought tears to my eyes just seeing what was going on there. Especially when Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, said, I need ammunition, not a ride. U.S. offered kind of uh, him to evacuate. We can help you evacuate to a safe place. And he said, I need ammunition, not a ride to the escape. He was calling out for help to the European, uh, European Union uh, leaders. And he said, this may be the last time that you see me alive. It brought tears to my eyes. So many innocent children and people. There must be, there must be a lot of sick people in the hospital too. All these people become very, very vulnerable. The country is at the brink, brink of destruction. Korea experienced twice of this kind of invasion. After KSM service, Meng's mother, all the way crying, going out. They all experienced how terrible war is. How terrible war is. I saw the power of darkness there. I pray for the glory of God shine in that region. We see so much darkness around us. We see so much darkness within us. We need the glory of God that defeats the darkness and brings light. It's like the strong light that chases away darkness within us and around us. Jesus came and removed this veil so that we can see the glory of God. And all of us with unveiled faces seeing the glory of the Lord as though reflected in a mirror or being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord. Moses saw the glory of God only briefly, but through Jesus, we are transformed and we see the glory that is eternal. We see the glory of God. We need the glory of God to fight against the evil, to fight against darkness we face in life. When the glory of God fills our heart, we'll get confidence and we'll get strength 
And Paul talks about uh, the, this glory of God in whole chapter 3 and chapter 4. And this is what Paul said. For it is the God who said, let light shine out of darkness. That's a creation. Let the God who said, let light shine out of darkness, who has shown uh, in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. That God gave us the glory of God. And he continued, but we have this treasure. That treasure is the knowledge of the glory of God in clay jars so that it may be made clear that this extraordinary power belongs to God and does not come from us. And then he continued. Finally, he concluded in this way. We are, when we have the glory of God, we are afflicted in every way but not crushed. Perplexed but not driven to despair. Persecuted but not forsaken. Struck down but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be made visible in our bodies. When we have the glory of God, we'll never be destroyed. We'll never be destroyed. We'll have confidence and strength when we have the glory of God. That's what the glory of God does in our lives. We now live with strength and confidence, experience God's glory every day. Even in the darkness, we see the light. Even in despair, we see hope. It is the Spirit who shines the glory of God in our lives. So when there is a Spirit, there is a freedom. Freedom from timidity, fear, and darkness. We are not bound anymore. Your life will have a glow. Jesus said, you're the light of the world. You are the light of the world. When there is a glory of God shining through your life, you are the light of the world. And you will shine the world of darkness with your glory, with God's glory. It is not about keeping all laws it is about having the glory of God that's what believing is all about that's what Christianity is all about let us sing to